You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. And I'm your host, JJ Lee. Well, as soon as we got linebacker Chris Barnes back from the COVID-19 list, center Corey Lindsley is placed on injured reserve. Brian Gutekunst announced that guard Ben Braden and tight end Dominique Daphne will be elevated from the practice squad this week for the Eagles game. Now, Lindsay was expected to miss between three to six weeks, so this is not really news, but it is disappointing. December 27th, the Titans game, is the first game which Corey Lindsay would be eligible to come back for. The Packers will have the opportunity now to use his roster spot for someone else down the stretch of these last few regular season games. Barnes will be a welcome addition back to the defense, but the guy I'm looking forward to seeing back the most, running back A.J. Dillon, who has now been gone for over a month after being diagnosed with COVID. Since placing Dylan on IR, the Packers have now made 17 roster moves. November was a very busy month, and December is following suit. The final injury report does list Zedarius Smith as questionable for this Eagle game, and admittedly, if you are going to rank the games that the Packers have coming up, this is one of the least important on the schedule. Sitting Zedarius against this terrible Philly offense might not be the worst thing in the world, if the team believes it'll make him more likely to be able to contribute during the playoffs. One item of note, the Packers and Seahawks both play the Eagles, and since the Eagles lost to the Seahawks, there is a potential tiebreaker in the mix here. Wide receiver Tavon Austin, who was signed this week, is inactive today versus the Eagles, as is cornerback Josh Jackson. One guy who will be playing for the first time in a long time, Tyler Irvin. He and Zedarius were late additions to the active game day roster, but how much they'll be used, whether they'll see any kind of a snap count, remains to be seen. The Packers are 8.5 point favorites tonight versus the Eagles. The Eagles are struggling mightily, but let's not forget they were a bad team last year, and they were also on a losing streak last year before they came into Lambeau and beat us in Week 4. Here now to break down the Eagles and Packers, offensive line and outside linebackers coach Brian Hahn of McFarland High School. Coach Hahn, welcome back to the Daily Cheese. Hey, thanks for having me again, JJ. Hey, I'm really excited to talk to you. We had a fabulous episode last week looking at the Bears, and this week, We are licking our chops because the Eagles coming to town are a team that beat us last year, and we didn't feel that that was uh, an acceptable outcome given how the Eagles season turned out. This year, the Eagles are struggling even worse than they were last year. Carson Wentz has received a lot of criticism this year over his level of play, and I want to know what you think about Pettin's defense this year that uh, failed to stop him last year. Yeah, and that's a great question. I think it all boils down to the offensive line. Uh, To be honest with you, I don't think this Eagles offensive line is very good. They're struggling quite a bit, which plays right into Pettin's hand. Pettin wants to bring some three- and four-man pressures, drop some seven, eight at times in coverage, play some cover six, play some two-man under, that sort of stuff. 
Um, and a four-man rush allows that to happen. And now if you're looking at a struggling offensive line where a four-man rush can get pressure on Wentz, um, to me, he's not very accurate when he's running for his life. And it seems to be more so that uh, than not lately. So it seems like it falls right into Petten's hand. Look for a lot of four-man pressures, a lot of two-man under, and then um, quite a bit of cover six, which is exactly what Petten wants to do. Now, real quick, last year, one of the big issues with the Eagles game was this was kind of the first time that somebody really destroyed the Packers in the run game. And the Eagles uh, have been missing some personnel this year. And I, I know that you don't like getting into personnel a lot very much, but Jordan Howard is supposed to be playing this week. When it comes to preparing to stop the run first, what are some things that the Packers could do to kind of force the Eagles into more of that passing game? where they can play uh, to their own defensive strengths? Yeah, great question. Um, I guess initially what I'm thinking is make sure you have the edge set. Uh, you're asking quite a bit of your outside backers or your edge rushers, but make sure you have that edge set. It looks to me like um, I know you don't always, or, or the fans aren't always big on him, but this uh, this Amos kid at safety fills really, really well, um, along with another guy with the last name Redmond. So, um, they fill really, really well. So as long as you get that edge set and you allow those inside linebackers to flow as free as they want to, my guess is the running game shouldn't be a giant concern. I mean, Miles Sanders is a good running back, you know, and, and you're talking about Jordan Howard and justifiably so. But if you get that edge set and you allow those safeties and inside linebackers to fill like they want to, I think I think you'll handle that. So you mentioned a couple guys in our secondary. What about the Eagles secondary? Because last year, they were even worse than they were this year. But, man, things have not looked good for the Eagles secondary, even after uh, picking up Darius Slay from the Lions. Yeah, specifically their safety play. I think their safety play is actually pretty good, which the Eagles want to play a lot of too high safety sets. Uh, but their corners are struggling, man. Uh, they don't, to me, watching film, they don't communicate all that well. They don't pass off crossers. And a lot of times the Eagles ask them to play in the flats, to reroute, to funnel to those safeties. So, um, two high looks are great when you have good corners. I think these guys are struggling. I think Rogers is going to just tear this apart. Another thing I noticed is they don't disguise a whole lot, which is strange to me, but they don't disguise a whole lot of coverages. They don't try to mask it. They don't do any late spins that I've seen or a ton of late spins. So, um, they, they come out and they play, they show their hand and they essentially expect you to beat them. And, um, unfortunately more often than not, uh, they've been beaten. Well, more often than not, the battles always begin in the trenches. For sure. Talk to me about the offensive line for the Eagles and the Packers. You got it, man. Um, this Eagles offensive line, as I have mentioned before, they're struggling. Um, they don't, to me, they don't uh, have that cohesiveness just yet. They don't come off of combos very well uh, in the run game, which which really hurts, especially against pretty aggressive inside linebackers. Um, and, and their pass protection is, is bad at best. Um, they have some false steps. They have some scheme busts still, which is a concern, most certainly. So um, I think a lot of four-man pressures from Mike Pettin are going to get home. On the flip side, Green Bay's offensive line has just been blowing my mind. I've been joking with you saying that I'm really trying hard not to become a Packer fan, but watching this offensive line is just absolutely glorious. They've seemed to take, and as cliche as it sounds, they've seemed to take that next step to where they're not just learning their job and their assignment on a given play, but they're starting to learn the entire scheme of it. And that's a credit to the coaches, Adam Stenovich, you know, Luke Buckus. These guys are incredible and 
when you have offensive linemen that can just come into a spot and do exactly what they need to do. We saw it last week against the bears. You saw Elton Jenkins go from left guard to center. And a couple plays after he went to center, uh, they, they ran power, which means traditionally Jenkins pulls around to the right. Now he's playing center and now he's able to flatten it. He knows his job so well, he's able to flatten out against a, a six eye on a down block. It's a very, very awesome thing to watch. And I think they're taking that next step. And, when you do that, that's when offensive linemen become plug and play, and it's awesome to watch. Speaking of awesome, so last week you and I were talking about the Bears game, and you got really excited about one play in particular. And <laughs> frankly, you have not been able to shut up about it all week. So <laughs> I'm going to give you another opportunity to uh, walk us through exactly what happened. Dude, this was so cool. When uh, There's a point in football every once in a great while, and I've been on both ends of it. When you're on the winning side, it's awesome. When you're on the losing side, it sucks. But when you get to that point, you can just run the exact same play over and over and over again. It's so cool to hear in the headsets when the offensive coordinator just says, run it again, run it again, run it again. That's so much <laughs> fun because you know they can't stop it. And we saw that happen last week against the Bears where the Packers just ran wide zone right, wide zone right wide zone right, picking up first downs, chewing it alive, really frustrating the Bears. Then we saw the safeties drop into the box and exactly what you want to see happen happened. You got a little play action again off of wide zone right. They sold out to it. They fired the backside inside linebacker. Rodgers on a naked boot just went ahead and, and spun around, flipped his hips perfectly, hit a little corner post to Tunyon. I mean, it was, that's the way you dream about it. That's the way you try to draw it up. It was glorious to see. Well, especially when you're playing the Bears, anytime you can absolutely ruin their day and make them mad, oh my gosh, beautiful. That seems to be the case. Hey, Coach Han, thank you so much for joining the show. Look forward to hopefully getting to connect with you again next week. Appreciate your time. Man, my pleasure, man. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and join the Packernet Podcast group on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.